Maroon and Bold! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Maroon and Bold podcast. I'm Central Michigan Sports... This is Central Michigan Life, excuse me, sports editor Christian Boer. And alongside me today, I have a very special guest. It is Ryan Roberts. Ryan Roberts is the founder of the risingdraft.com scouting platform, and he's also the director of recruiting at irishbreakdown.com. Ryan, how are you today? We're so happy to have you. I'm good, Christian. Again, man, appreciate you for having me on. It's always fun to talk draft. We're, um, we're officially in draft season nice to yes. uh, finally be here i mean it's been i mean it's pretty much draft season for me all year round but it's nice to finally for people to start to catch up a little bit so it's good times man yeah no doubt we're looking ahead to the i guess the first step of this draft season would be the all-star game circuit kind of you know the opportunities for some of these guys to show off their skills and central michigan's got three guys in the different all-star games they've got two in the Reese's senior bowl to be played on february 5th and those two guys are Bernard Raymond and Luke Gedeke, both offensive tackles. And then Khalil Pimpleton, the star wide receiver, you know, may never have to pay for a drink again in Mount Pleasant because of his contributions. Um, he's going to play in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. So, Ryan, we asked you to come on the show today to get kind of an insider's take on those three. We'll start with Bernard Raymond. He's projected to be the highest drafted of the three. Um, you know, scouts love his physical abilities, his athletic abilities. He's a converted tight end. Um, just wanted to get your take on Bernard and where you kind of see him fitting at the next level. Yeah, well, I, I won't go too much into to Gedecki yet, but obviously they're both converted tight ends, right? Yep. So they, they're kind of it's, – it's that transition that evaluators really love because you typically have some length to you and you have really good feet. And that's what Bernard Raymond has. You know, he has – the six, six plus he has really nice short area quickness. He just has a nice athletic profile in general. So you're getting excited about him, obviously with that background. And, and luckily Jim Nagy did put him on the radar early in the summer. Like, Hey, this guy's firmly on the senior bowl watch list. He kind of fits that next wave. And you saw in 2020, it was, uh, you know, a little more of a segmented season with COVID-19 running wild and everything. And, you had he had just made the transition and you saw obviously the the growing pains with it right like he, yeah. he still lacked he lacked power he lacked just lower body explosion you know in the run game and he wasn't displacing yeah. gaps he wasn't creating a ton of movement because he's a converted tight end he was just there because he was a gifted athlete this year was a lot better he really i think did add a lot of power and he plays with great tenacity and effort as a blocker which is always nice to see because you know you can improve the power consistently but you know that kind of that mentality to play with that dog mentality is, is something that is hard to teach sometimes so I think athletic profile you have a guy that that really does block to the whistle blows like he is that dude that plays with a lot of effort and th that's I, obviously there's a lot of things to work with I do think though that there's still some projectability right because he still is gaining power he doesn't have a true power profile you can see him at times have the inability to sit down on on power in the in the pass game with his anchor, and you can see that there's still ways to go in the run game. But he is a firm guy that I think is definitely going to go somewhere on day two because he has that projectability at the next level, and he's a guy that could be a you know a, a starting left tackle down the line. Like he has that baseline of talent. 
Uh, just the question, obviously, is with development. And, yeah. and I do think that a team is going to need to be a little patient with him because I don't think he's a guy that you should just throw immediately into the fire. But long-term outlook, you could be paying nice dividends because he does have starter traits at left tackle. Yeah, you know, kind of looking at some of those teams, maybe, you know, you look at the different mock drafts, and you've, I've seen him anywhere from, like, 27, 28 to, to the mid, early to middle second round, just, you know, very early on in this uh, draft season. Where, what are some of the teams you think that could be a fit for Bernard Raymond? I think early on, especially if you're going to try to make him play, I think that a team that really values the ability to move um, a lot is going to be a team that could be a really nice fit. So you're going to think about the teams that are outside zone exclusive. Well, not exclusive, but a team that run a heavy dose of it. So, you know, San Francisco 49ers, if they're, if they're moving on from Mike McGlinchey, then you might need a new right tackle of the future. New York Jets, obviously, bringing over that San Francisco coaching staff is a team that really values it. The Minnesota Vikings, although they don't really need a starting caliber offensive tackle with what they have already in there with guys like Brian O'Neill. But those types of systems that really value movement, I think more than anything, are going to be kind of his wheelhouse. And, um, you know, especially working behind, you know, a Trent Williams, for instance, with San Francisco, maybe for a year or so, or we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that the better that the, kind of the better baseline that you have on the roster to help him develop will be big for him. But I really do think, especially early on, if you want him to be successful, teams that value movement, creating movement up front with their athleticism is a big sell for him. Yeah. So moving along to the other side of the offensive line of uh, the other of the bookend tackles that kind of gained so much fame this year in Mount Pleasant, uh, Luke Gedeke, you know, the Wisconsin native transferred over, in 2019, um, moved from tight end to tackle and, you know, proceeded to have a pretty good career here. Um, you had the chance to speak with Luke um, for your podcast. I'm just curious as to how that went and maybe how you, I know, I don't think you've talked to Bernard, so just maybe, you know, how you view him uh, in that sense. So I, I actually, it, it was really funny timing because I, I was watching Bernard actually and I kept writing 67 down in my notebook because I'm old and I still have a notebook that I just like take notes down in. I'm just like, who is 67? Like I kept just, I wrote his number down. I kept writing pluses next to his name, a couple minuses, of course, because like you're just, things are popping obviously while you're watching film, but I just kept circling his name. I'm like, I don't know who this kid is. And obviously he was a converted tight end. He played it at Stevens Point, I think, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. um, was was playing tight end. And then obviously he transferred up, had the opportunity there. And then he missed the, the entirety of 2020 with an injury after starting in 2019. So um, the, that was kind of why he was a little bit off the radar, although he did have a really nice 2019 season before the 2020 injury. But he was a guy that I wasn't too aware of I didn't really know his name at all to be honest with you and I was just writing down 67 so I, I hit up Luke and I'm just like hey man like I I like a lot of what you what do you do on film like I would love to just sit down with you and just talk ball for a little bit and you know do an interview or whatever and we did I thought it was a really great interview because he was a really nice kid um usually those interviews last between 10 to 15 minutes and I was on with him for like a half an hour like it was a good conversation he's a smart young man he really gets it. And he's been through obviously a lot from his journey. You know, he, he had dealt with an injury his senior year of high school. He didn't think he was going to even play football. He wasn't going to play football. He was going to, to uh, I think, again, I think it was UW Stevens where he was like, I'm just going to be a student. And then 
like he had the itch a few weeks before camp, uh, you know, in the uh, working into the fall. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to go try to play. And he did. And he's obviously made that transition. And I think that as a football player, I'm more comfortable with Gadecki right now than I am with Raymond, because I think Raymond's, there's a lot of projectability to him, but I think Luke Gadecki is going to start at guard on the next level for a, a long time. <laughs> like, I think that he has that type of makeup to him because he has good athleticism. He doesn't have great length, 32 and some, some odd inch arms. So like, I don't think he's a tackle at the next level, but he has a pretty easy amount of power, man. He creates power in tight spaces. He's a mauler. He really does kind of just come at you with a tenacious style. So I like Kadecki. I would draft him firmly on day two, in my opinion. I think that he's a starting guard at the next level. I, I really do like a lot of what Luke does. Yeah, no, I, I can second your um, points made about Luke Kadecki as a person. You know, we had plenty of opportunities to talk to him during the season. Always very cordial, always very polite and, and respectful. So uh, loved covering Luke. Uh, but I do think he's also um, an interesting case along with Raymond because, you know, he's not as vertical. Obviously, Raymond is, what, like six, seven. Um, yeah. But Gedecky is very physical. Um, and that's one thing I think a lot of people really like. Um, I know I think he mentioned it on your podcast, actually. He, he loves putting other men in the dirt. Um, and that's just, I mean, is that the kind of mindset you're looking for when you're trying to build an offensive line, especially maybe on day two where – you know, in, in there's so many offensive linemen out there, right? And it can be difficult to separate one or two from the rest. So I guess just, is there anything about his mental makeup that um, sets him apart from, from his peers maybe that are set to maybe go on that day two, day three range? Oh, absolutely. And, and it was, it's funny because a lot of people would just kind of scoff at it. Like, you know, that's, that's general scout speak. Like, oh, you love to hear that. Type. But you do, you love to hear it because – that can be a separator and that's the kind of the mental processing. That's kind of the relationship building, right? Like being able to speak to someone and especially again with, since I prefer him inside, I especially like to hear that because when you're working inside a guard, there's, you're playing a lot in tighter spaces, a lot of, you know, things are happening in tight quarters A tackle. You can be passive at times. Cause there's like a, you're, there's an extra amount of space that you're working with at guard. You need to be physical and you need to be downright dirty in very tight amount of space. So I think it is absolutely a separator. And if there's a guy that you grade similarly in that, in that range as a Gadecki, and you just kind of look at him and you just say, you know, one guy, good player, good athletes, uh, doesn't always finish flocks, but this Gadecki kid, like he likes, he plays like he hates the person across from him. That can be absolutely be a separator. hundred percent. I, I agree completely with, with your statement, with your question. I think it can help him definitely. Yeah, moving along to the third of the Chippewas three offseason all-stars, uh, Khalil Pimpleton, wide receiver, transfer from Virginia Tech. And, you know, I'm not sure where you stand on Khalil, but I think he's a very interesting case study because obviously the size stands five foot eight, but man, is he fast. And I think that, you know, from a non-NFL scouts perspective, I think there's a place for that speed somewhere. Um, but I'm very curious to get your take on Khalil Pimpleton and where he stands. Look, Tutu Atwell just went top 60 last year, right? Who is, I mean, he was five foot nine, 150 something pounds, you know? So like size is becoming less and less of an issue because the game is becoming more and more 
creating space and manufacturing touches. And I mean, you've seen it, although the Kyle Shanahan mold of Debo Samuel is a lot bigger of a football player than what we're kind of talking about here. There's still the teams that fly sweeps, you know, throwing screens, manufacturing touches, the jet, you know, the jet touch passes, like they're going to do those things because the, the type of short area quickness and speed that you talked about already with Pimpleton is something that teams are going to value, especially if he can contribute on special teams, which I think he can as a returner. So if he can do all those things, he can make a roster. It's very possible for him because you see it, and it's not hard to watch Central Michigan and see that when Pimpleton has an opportunity, he makes guys look silly in the open field. Like he has that, that um, short area quickness to him. I don't know if I necessarily think that he's the fastest player. Like, I think he's going to run 4-4 four, four high, 4-5 four, flat. But I think that the difference with him is the short area quickness again. Like, he's going to make guys look very, very silly in tight spaces. And he's going to make guys miss in the open field. And he's going to create second effort plays just based upon his shiftiness. So, he is a guy that I think could definitely make a team. I think that it's going to be obviously mid to late day three just because of the size. And some people are going to question because he's still an outlier to degree, right? Because we've only seen guys like Tutu Atwell hasn't done anything with the Rams this year, which whatever. It was kind of a throwaway pick. Um, you had like Nelson that came out of UAB a few years ago that played with the with the Raiders. You have um, the kid coming out this year. I completely forget his name. Who uh, Tompkins from Utah State who are all like 160 or less. Those guys don't come around too often, so they are outliers. And I think that people really think that outlier sometimes is like a death sentence. Like, oh, you're an outlier. You can't play. That's not what it's saying. It's just saying that historical data says that size doesn't usually play in the NFL. So there needs to be an evaluation process to it. But I do think that that Pimpleton specifically does have the opportunity to, to do it because when he's on the field, he is the best playmaker at all times. Like he's one of the best athletes on the field every single game, no matter if he's playing a Mac opponent or he's playing up to a power five opponent. Like he just looks like a different athlete than the guys that he's usually playing on, on Saturdays. So he can make a, he can make a team. He needs to contribute on special teams and he needs to continue to show that he has that space ability in the NFL that is valued that so much now. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Um, so Kind of moving into while we've got you, I want to ask you about the future, right? Not to, not this year's draft, but I don't know how much time you've spent watching Central Michigan or analyzing the roster. Um, they had the nation's leading rushers coming back and Lou Nichols. Um, just wondering if there's any guys that maybe you've seen when you were watching tape um, that, that caught your eye for future drafts, maybe Nichols, uh, quarterback Daniel Richardson, just anybody else you might have seen. Yeah, well, I, I know um, I did write Richardson's name down uh, just because he was so much fun just to watch, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, run that offense. He's a little bit of a small guy, though, so I'm um, like a little hesitant. But you mentioned Nichols, who kind of has that physical profile, right? Like he's, he's a well-built, sturdy back, a little bit shorter, but like really powerful. And, and I like you said, I think he led the nation in rushing, a lot of rushing touchdowns, low center of gravity. And I think he had like – I don't have it in front of me, but – I think he had like 40 catches or something like that too. Like he had a really nice number, which is a great, you know, it's really nice for a guy his size. So he's the main guy I would say that I'm really excited about. I was excited about Brown, the, the linebacker, but I think yes. that he is transferring if I remember that correctly. So, but I mean, either way, they're former, they're former Central Michigan football mm -hmm. players when they come out. So Nichols Brown is kind of like a, 
hybrid, you know, he's, he's a little more of like what you would consider like a sub package linebacker, right? Like he's a little bit smaller, a little light, but he's got kind of that safety linebacker hybrid to him, like a Rover type. So he's a fun player wishing the best wherever he ends up making his final destination. But I, I, I to answer your question directly for central Michigan coming back, Lou Nichols, the running back would be the top guy that's kind of popped out. Yeah. And I believe that Troy Brown has actually committed already. I think he's headed to Ole Miss. So, um, and then they had Devani Reed to a safety who transferred to South Carolina. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess that's just the way the, that football is going with the mid-major teams, but uh, no, Ryan, Hey, thanks for stopping by and chatting with us. So uh, it was really great to get some of your expect expertise and maybe a little bit closer to draft time. We can have you back on and, and chat and see where these guys have gone since the senior bowl and the combine. Absolutely, Christian. Appreciate it, man. Any Anytime you want me to hop back on, just let me know. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you to Ryan for stopping by, and we'll see you next time on Maroon and Bold.